In music, we find joy and euphoria, and for many of us, we also find answers. Answers to questions that can change our lives. Hi, I'm Ted Canova, and welcome back to my podcast, That One Lyric, where fans choose a lyric and describe how it has shaped and impacted their lives. This time of year, we see change all around us, from our routines, to the crisp air, to the color of the leaves. We were reminded of startling change in our last episode commemorating 9-11, when Ed chose a lyric that reflected on that tragic morning 20 years ago. It brought me back to the morning of 9-11, and everybody was walking around shocked, crying, despairing, emotional, emotionless. Sometimes people just in such shock. Young men on the corner like scattered The timing of Ed's episode was intended to help us get through this September 11th together, and we appreciate your heartfelt comments you shared on social media. Now on to another episode, whose lyrics came at the right time for Paulina, a poet, a seeker, and a Springsteen fan living in the Netherlands. Paulina chose that one lyric, which she credits for helping her dance through life, no matter how dark it gets. Paulina, great to meet you. How are you today? I'm okay. I'm really good. All the better for seeing you. Oh, well, thank you. I could tell by your accent that you're not in the United States. Where are you? I'm in Delft, which is a small town about an hour away from Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Tell me, what was your first exposure to the music of Bruce Springsteen? The first time I heard him was on MTV, and it was the Dancing in a Dark clip. And I'm sorry, when you're 14 years old (laughs) and a girl who likes men, that was just too sexy for anything. So that was me sold on the visual. But actually more even on the lyrics because they just hit home. And then We Are The World and he had me then. When I first was completely and utterly forever into him was after my first concert. That was the 12th of June, 1985. I'm glad you don't remember the dates. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That was Rotterdam. I didn't know what happened to me. I was miles away. I think he was no bigger than a pinprick almost. It was just such a small little man on, on, on the stage. And he blew me away that night. It was just incredible. What was it like when he first came out and you saw him? Oh, you know, that feeling, my tummy, it it just sank. And then it was just like this massive explosion. It was deafening. I couldn't speak. I stood on my seat immediately. I'd never seen anything like that before. My mom didn't want me to go. And I says, well, if you're not letting me go, I am actually moving out of the house because I am going. So did you move out of the house? No, she let me go. (laughs) (laughs) She knew she didn't have a choice. It was my first ever concert. I didn't have a clue, but I was in line. At four o'clock in the morning, I drove on a tram to Rotterdam, which was like really quite scary at the time and just got these tickets. What I remember even more distinctly is once the concert was over, I basically got home, no voice, whatever. And my mom said, if you can party at night, you can party in the morning, you're going to school. So eight o'clock, I was at school. I cried every night just putting on the records, I was just blown away. Everything changed. What I remember most of all is that he spoke and I felt he was speaking directly to me. Hello, 
I think I was 15 and I was not sure who I was. I wasn't a popular girl. I was very much me. I didn't want to be part of the group as a loner. I think I was the poet that I turned out to be later on, but didn't really know it. I was a seeker. I remember when I was a kid, I grew up in this real small town. It's kind of real small-minded. It's hard to find any breathing room. The things he said about his father, I think I had a, quite an authoritative father as well. So the love and the hatred, that spoke to me. The things he said about the war, because obviously that was the first war that I actively kind of was aware of. The Cold War felt really real. I really thought that we might have a third world war. And then there was this guy who was saying all these amazing things about peace and about understanding. Paulina, from what song did you choose that one lyric? I did choose it from Dancing in the Dark. It was the first song, it was the song you made me fall in love with him. I was 14 years old, questioning the world, and I don't know who am I. I was quite late, so I always used to play football with the boys. I was a real tomboy. I turned into this woman thing. I'm like, what's happening to my body? I don't want this. I just really wanted to change so much about myself. And there comes this song. And it was just a home run, really, after that. Before we get to that one lyric that you've chosen, I'm really interested because you're saying you really weren't happy with yourself. Yeah. And the line in Dancing in the Dark is, man, I'm just tired and bored with myself. Yeah. Man, I'm just tired and bored with myself. It was every single lyric, all the lines. I could have picked any of them. As a teenager, I sat in my room and it was really dark. My curtains were closed and I just played Bruce Springsteen. That's what I did every day. I'm bored with myself. I want to get out of here, but how do I do that? Very innocent girl. Had no idea. Wasn't worldly wise at all. It just spoke to me. Paulina, what is that one lyric you'd like to talk about from Dancing in the Dark? There's something happening somewhere, baby. I just know that there is. There's something happening somewhere. Baby, I just know Saying it like this, it's almost making me cry right now. And I think when the line first hit me, I think Bruce felt like that as well. You know, that wonderful anecdote when he's driving west and he says, I got to this town and I, I realized I was an outsider looking in because you're always searching and like literally the cars in his lyrics, it's always this driving and searching for someone else. So you're clawing for something. You don't know what and you're searching and you're searching and you know it's going to be better. But then it's the something. It's the something because you don't know what it is. When I was 14, I didn't know what was this big, massive gap in my heart. What was the darkness in my heart? Well, also, it's the darkness on the edge of town. Yeah, exactly. What was it? And what was I looking for? And then as I grew up, I started to understand my need to search a little bit more. And I realized that it was the search was enriching and was inspiring. And I also know that the searching is where new ideas are formed. I think if you're stationary and, you, and there's lots of my husband is very, very happy. He's not a searcher. He knows what he likes. He likes to be in his home. He likes to have his family around him and he's completely content. But I think where the groundbreaking ideas come from or the really inspirational things, that comes from the people who search and who always reach that little further. I'm so taken by what you're saying and the lyric that you picked, there's something happening somewhere. Just when you focus on those two words, something, somewhere, it does conjure up a sense that we're lost we can't put our finger on what it is and where it is, but we know 
there is something there. Isn't there? And it's just that vagueness, the something and the somewhere. And then, you know, when you go back to Born to Run, he's saying the same thing. I'm pulling out of here to win, but we're quite nowhere he's pulling out to. And when he's born to run, he's going to find out what love is. It's that search as well. He can't define it. And here he's making it even vaguer than that. I mean, it's just something and somewhere, but it's the essence of you. And what is the essence of you? And I think that comes with age. I think that's the beauty of it as well. The older you get, the more things fall into place and you think, okay, so what is the essence of me and what makes me tick? I wonder if as you get older, it's not just that you have wisdom, but you have clarity. You're just more defined. You're more concrete. Maybe you've arrived to something somewhere that is now known instead of the vagaries of your 20s and your 30s. Could that be? Yeah, and I tell you where the somewhere and the something is, it's right inside of you. I think that's the wisdom that you get when you get older. First, you're chasing because it's outside of you and you're just trying to grab hold of it. And then now you're finding, but the things I'm really seeking is right there because I've taken it with me all that time. Well, now I really want to ask you, since you brought up your husband, what's his name? It's Bill. That he's not a seeker. And maybe he was still a seeker, but maybe he got to where you are before in a different way? I totally agree. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. So maybe the fear of missing out with all the youngsters now as well, you know, you see it happening and you think, oh, if only, but you know, you've got to go through it. And some people take longer. Some people need to get to 50, almost 52 (laughs) to kind of realize that. And some people know it much earlier and they're happy with where they are. But that doesn't mean I have stopped searching because even though I know that there's somewhere and the something is inside of me, there's still plenty then to explore as well. Sort of still seeking ongoing there. Paulina, if you're a seeker, I don't think that seeking stops. No. And I think that's something that I've realized. And I think with Bruce as well, he's being quite reflective these days. He's looking back and he's sharing his wisdom and the nostalgia. But I think he's still seeking and he's still seeking for new avenues to kind of share his art or his insights. And not just share what he knows, but he's exploring it on our time out in the open. Which is so amazing. How many times have you seen him in the band perform? Around about 100 times, just over, I think. You were 14 when you first heard Dancing in the Dark. What if the song didn't come to you? What would your life have been like, you think? I don't know. I think it would be much more confined because what Bruce then also did to me later on is I started to travel. I've seen so much of the world because I thought, okay, he's going there, I'm going there. It literally opened the boundaries and it opened the world to me. 31 years later, what happened in your hometown? So in my hometown, he threw me on stage for Dancing in the Dark. In front of 72,000 people, I think it was. About half of them probably knew me through work or through hockey or through whatever. He pulls me on stage and we dance. You think it lasts about an hour, but, uh, you know, it's not even that long. And I just remember being so excited about it. And then he walked me back because I got to play the guitar as well, which was really what I was hoping for. Wait a 
wait a minute, now you're part of the band. <laughs> yeah, I'm part of the band, right? So I am so full of adrenaline. I drag him back and he's like, I can't walk that fast. So I have to slow down because I was literally dragging him back on stage. You've been on stage. Your daughter's been on stage, not just once, but many times. He's pulled you backstage as a VIP. How have you gained the access that you have? Just being me. I think the great thing about Bruce is he knows people and he also knows you like if there's something missing in your life or if you're searching, I think he feeds on that. He feels that and then he gives like double and I think it's just luck. I mean, I didn't do anything. Paulina, when you look back at your life through Bruce's music and the way that you were introduced to him, do you realize the power of that full circle of being up there with him after listening to him as a shy outcast, if I may say that about you as a teenager? Absolutely. Maybe that's when I found my place, when I realized, no, it it had to go full circle for me to come home, to truly come home. Was that dance? Maybe that was the moment that I thought, I'm here. This is the somewhere. This is the something. And it's funny because I so wanted this. You know that first concert I talked about? And I was miles away in the stands and I was still thinking, well, maybe he'll dance with me. It's just like, uh, no. And then obviously all those years later, almost in the same place, almost the same date, I got to dance. Have you thought of this before that 31 years later might have been your something somewhere? No, you just got that out of me, actually. <laughs> That's you just making me realize that. Yeah. I hadn't thought of it. And actually, now that you say it, I remember because my mom saw the video, I was obviously like, I said to my mom, well, this happened. I said, here's the video. And she said, that's the Paulina I know. That's her right there on that stage. That's my child. She says, that was 100% you open everything. You just radiant. And that was just the purest you could be. I'm actually speechless. This is like such a powerful, spontaneous moment. It's so been so powerful. I had no idea when I signed up for this that this was going to come out of this. But then that realization is, oh my goodness, you know, here we are. Here's the summer and here's the something. It's me. Man, here's to many more somewheres and some things in the rest of our lives, Paulina. Absolutely. I really enjoyed getting to know you. This was a lovely conversation and thanks for seeking because I think that you're inspiring the rest of us to keep seeking. I think, you know, the seekers are the lovers, are the winners. Well done, Paulina. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. And we'll meet up on the road. Yes, Paulina continues to search, but she's doing it more gently, with peace and kindness, instead of being her worst self-critic. And as we heard in this episode, she may be closer than ever to realizing that something somewhere in that one lyric she chose from Dancing in the Dark. Paulina's joy was certainly on display dancing with Bruce. I posted that video along with a link to Paulina's very own Springsteen blog. Find them both on our website, thatonelyric.com. While you're there, check out our merch table, where you can enter a drawing for a That One Lyric hat or t-shirt that fans from around the world are wearing and sharing on social media. And please keep sharing our podcast with your friends and fellow fans. Yes, some may roll their eyes that we can actually talk about one lyric But who cares? We're not apologizing for our fandom. I'm glad you joined me, that you're part of our community, and that you enjoyed that one lyric. I'm Ted Canova. As I say to End the Tour podcast, music makes it all better. 
See you next time. Yes.